In my continuing attempt to take the show and make it more gooder every day I can, I realized with 2A Tuesday, I was just doing one 2A thing, and I decided to involve some other 2A things. Now, what I'm going to bring you, this guy is the keenest analytical mind, the deepest critical thinker out there among the writers in the gun world. He is the lone investigative reporter at Second Amendment Foundation. His name is Lee Williams. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Thanks for the invite. Good to be here. Now, Lee and I normally do a thing on, on Lock and Load, which if you've listened to Lock and Load, then you've heard Lee before, but this is his first time here. And uh, we, uh, we, we, we had a harsh lesson about our heroes in the, in the gun culture this past week, didn't we? Yeah, it's, uh, I'm still getting over it. The community is still buzzing about it. Uh, special operations combat veteran, firearms industry consultant, uh, he's a tactical instructor. He's got more than a million people following on him on YouTube. Larry Allen Vickers has pleaded guilty to some federal charges, a uh, multi-count indictment that accuses him of conspiring to illegally import machine guns and violating U.S. sanctions against a Russian arms manufacturer. Bill, he's looking at 25 years in prison. Now, he just finished a fight against cancer, and he won that fight. He managed to make it, but he's 60-something years old. So he's basically going to prison for life, and he's pled guilty to this, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, I've got a piece coming out tomorrow that uh, basically says that you, you, can't, you can't read a lot into that guilty plea. He might be guilty, or you know, he just might lack the financial resources to defend himself. I mean, these federal prosecutors, they have unlimited resources. Um, maybe he doesn't want to bankrupt his family. I mean, you would need millions, millions to, to fight to fight these charges against the feds, unfortunately. It doesn't say a lot about our justice system. To give you an idea of what kind of uh, the scale of what kind of influence this guy had in the gun industry, he could do a review of a gun, and if he didn't like it, they would completely redesign the gun. Done. Yeah. I mean, HK brought him in to when they redesigned the M16 to make it more reliable. They came out with the HK416, which is carried by all of the Tier 1 units in the world, including Delta, SEAL Team 6, you name it. That was his his doing. I mean, plus his – I mean, he's worked for Wilson Combat, Aimpoint, Glock. Uh, he, he's he's an innovator, and he's chock full of good ideas. He had his own line of equipment. Yeah. Blue, Blue, Blue Force, Force gear. gear. Yeah. Good stuff. And the thing I liked about him is he's a scholar. I mean, he wrote two books. I'm looking at him right now in my in my library on the AK. Um, I mean, he he became a voice for guys like me who love the AK, and was responsible for a lot of design features that improved the rifle, it made it more ergonomic, made it easier to shoot, made it more accurate. It allowed it to compete with the AR platform. I mean, and besides, he had he was probably one of the first retired Delta guys to train civilians. And he had a course where you'd go and pay a couple thousand dollars. And at the end of a couple of days, you'd walk out with a hand finished 1911 that he had talked you how to talk you through. I always wanted that course. Um, could never get in. I mean, he was always sold out. With the advent of YouTube, a lot of guys that got out there that were cooks in the Coast Guard became tactical instructors. <laughs> and to have somebody like Vickers get out there who was actually – and when you talk about a Tier 1 operator, this is somebody that goes out and does the Jason Bourne stuff. They don't have support. They're working on their own. 
And no. they, they are so highly specialized in what they do that the death of them is a major economic blow to the military. And he was I one mean, of those. When we invaded Panama, he and his Delta team were dropped off by a helo on top of a, a prison in uh, Panama City. And they rescued uh, Kurt Muse, who was a CIA operative. Uh, and they took a lot of gunfire. A lot of the guys got chopped up, but they got him out of there. Uh, just an amazing story. Hostage rescues are rare. They're the reason that these Tier 1 units were created, the reason they were stood up. But actual hostage rescue missions are rare. And to say that you bid on one and, and it was successful. And you survived? And you survived? It's a big deal. Yeah. Well, that's because you're going into Indian territory. You're dropping right down in the middle of it. You're all by yourself. You're surrounded on all sides. You fight them off. You get what you want. You get out. Yeah. That's that's I easier mean, said than done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Easier said than done. So, yeah, that uh, I, when uh, Lee Lee gave me a buzz and asked me if I'd heard about this, and I, I was stunned at it too. I've I've I, I've met Larry a few times. I might he might remember me. He's been on my he's been on Lock and Load a couple of times. He might would remember me. Uh, but Larry was one of these guys whose resume was real, and to see this happen to him, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll see. Maybe. He, is he going to have his day in court, or does this plea mean that he's okay? It's just now you just got to get sentenced. Yeah, and he, next to be scheduled will be a sentencing. I mean, he uh, the thing that gets me is the the U.S. attorney for the District of Maryland where this took place publicly thanked two of the prosecutors involved for securing his guilty plea, uh, which you know raises a few eyebrows. But you know that's a big win for the government because. It's, you know, by pleading guilty, he saved prosecutors from having to answer some uncomfortable questions. Right. But it also sends a little subliminal message to the rest of us, doesn't it? Yeah. And as far as his resume, you know, maybe that's the reason he was targeted. Who knows? You know, ATF likes to uh, likes to arrest and target high profile people. Sure. I mean, the higher the a defendant's profile, the more they want to dog trot him in front of the media in handcuffs, of course. Well, I mean, some of the ones like I can't remember the guy's name. The guy that has defense distributed, what's his Cody? Cody Wilson. Yeah. Now Cody was Cody was basically teeing himself up. Yeah. And they couldn't do anything to him. They even came out with his own little hashtag Me Too movement or moment for him, which turned out to be false. And he's still out there and he's still operating and still doing business. Whereas Larry, they get him first time out. Or is is this just? A, I mean, am I right about that? He he could be done. I mean, I just. I, I hope that – I mean, the, 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 the sick thing is this whole thing could have been handled with a phone call, okay? Hey, Larry, this is Joe at ATF. Knock that off, uh, or we're going to have to do something about it. His background and, and his what he's been through should have merited that type of phone call. Uh, I do not think uh, justice will be served sending him to prison. Um, yeah, ATF is going to get a headline, get their headlines at a very sure. high-profile scalp. But justice will most definitely not be served. This guy does not need to be in prison. What is what kind of danger is he to the public at large? None. None. Well, I mean, he's he, he they're basically putting one of their own away. Yeah. I mean, he he trained a bunch of them. He probably didn't train any of the ATF or IRS guys because you can tell that by the looking at them. But uh, he's trained a heck, a heck of a lot of law enforcement officers yeah. and civilians. Yeah. So, I I'm, I'm waiting to see how this goes and everything. Uh, now, normally. When uh, 
And you know what? I don't even have time to explore this with you. We'll have to take a look at this another time. But uh, Second Amendment Foundation, that's who you work for. That's one of the places you work besides the other investigative reporting you do. Uh, give me a little – tell me about that right quick before we run out of time. Uh, it's a great nonprofit. Second Amendment Foundation has more than 50 active lawsuits nationally that are in support of the Second Amendment, defending the Second Amendment. And I am their uh, investigative editor. I write uh, pro-gun investigative stories for the Second Amendment Foundation. This happened so fast, the Second Amendment Foundation didn't even know about it, didn't it? Yeah, this was. This would be one of those things where if they actually knew about it, they would probably move on it because that's another thing they do. They go out there and they protect the little guy whenever they get a chance to. SAF.org is the website. I think it's $25 or $15 to join. You can't imagine what they do with that money. Alan Gottlieb gets out there. That guy knows how to manage his budget and get it a long way. They're, they're like, better oh, than anybody. Better than anybody. Lee Williams, find him at thegunwriter.substack.com. Find him at armedamericannews.com and find his project at saf.org and catch him on lock and load. We do something called think aim fire. Whenever we can nail down this dude named Bob Keller. That's that's for another day. Thank you for joining me today, sir. My pleasure. Take care. Yes, sir. Coming up next from Dewey's pawn shop, Dewey lemons. This is news talk. 98.9 W O R D. All right, here we go. Dewey Lemons from Dewey's Pawn Shop joins me again. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Glad to be with you, sir. I'm being asked already on the text line, can you extract a tiny screw that's broke off in one of the scope mounting holes? More than likely, yes. I have two good gunsmiths, and they have to do stuff like that on a regular basis. I would imagine that's sort of common. Yep. Especially among you hunters. I'm sure you hunters, do you hunters, like, tinker with your weapons? Sure they do. Yep. I would imagine that's a common thing. How is yep. it going there? How busy is it at Dewey's Pawn Shop and Gun Traders on we're, we're, we're pretty busy right now. We've been covered up this morning. One thing I want to point out, uh, as busy as Dewey's is, sometimes if they don't have something you want, it's probably at Gun Traders. Somebody was asking me about brass the other day. And yeah, trader, traders over on Wadehampton Boulevard, they got a lot of reloading stuff and yeah. a lot of inventory over there. Also. A lot of ammunition, too. You still yep. getting a lot of ammunition. Do you anticipate anything uh, sideways happening with ammunition this time around? Um, I don't know. We've um, we got a good supply just in case, but um, I do know that one of the big major companies that buys to, makes two two three ammo said they're canceling all their Lake um, City. Yeah, they're canceling everything but military orders right now. Right. Yeah, I, I've I was told that by several different. Even one of the distributors told me that also. So. I think that's probably the case. So when that happens, do you get out there and look at that and say, "Okay, let's get a couple more pallets of this just in case"? Or what do you do? Yeah, well, not pallets. We ain't, we're not going <laughs> we're not going to jump that much. But yeah, we do. We get some more in here just in case. Well, when the Zambia outbreak comes, I'm going to show up there and I'm going to be like, "I'll I'll defend you for some ammo, Dewey." Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll hold the Zambies back. Yep. There we'll, you go. We'll take them out there and hook them up on the indoor. We we haven't we've talked a little bit about this. If you go to Dewey's and you're looking for a handgun and you're like, I don't know how this shoots. What can I do? Well, you can exit stage right and get into a converted 
tractor trailer that is now an indoor range, can't you? Yeah, yeah. We've got a range for handguns. Yeah, we sure do. Yep. If you want to shoot handguns, we have a two-lane fully automated shooting range. It's a pretty good. It, it's a pretty good setup. I mean, um, really nice setup. Yeah, I mean, they, it was one of the. Um, it was one of the mine is the first one for a consumer on the East Coast. The first one they did was for the Navy at the Naval Base up in Virginia. Right. That's the first ones they built. Very advanced yeah. little piece of machinery there, isn't it? It's got the air filtration and everything else you got to have oh, for yeah. an indoor. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And it's a tractor. It's a trailer off of a tractor trailer. It's a well. It's it's they actually built it from shipping containers. Ah, okay, they, shipping container. Eh, yeah, but. it's made. It's a they took big old steel shipping containers and lined it with you know half inch steel plates and all that sort of stuff. So but no it, no rounds are going to come out of that inadvertently. No, not in the last, let's see, I've had it for 15 years and nothing like that's happened so far. So I've been asked by a few people about inexpensive handguns, and I know that you have some inexpensive handguns, both uh, semi-automatic and revolver. We uh, do. We sure do. Now, we got them starting out somewhere probably in the $150 range. Yeah, and uh, and those are not actually bad guns, are they? I mean, they, they don't cost a lot. They don't have the bells and whistles, but they are actually very safe and fairly reliable, aren't they? That's true. Yep. In most all cases, if it, if it's a cheap gun and we think it's going to be problems, we don't deal with them. There's yep. a, there are, there are a lot of them out there that we will not deal with. But yep. we um. You can tell that he doesn't like certain guns because he doesn't have them. Yeah, I don't like. I have don't you like ever gone guns. out and shot the uh, John Wick Glock that I sold you? Have you shot that? No, yet? no. It's but just, I think that thing's gone. I don't remember. Did it sell? It I think it's gone. Yeah. Wow. Okay. For the price you had on it. Uh, I don't even know, to be honest wow, with you. Wow, you guys, the the, the, the the consumer base of Dewey's goes deep. Um, now, how's it going? How's it going as far as on hunting? How, how, how's the hunting season going so far? We you- are, um, I've still got more hunting rifles. It's, it's, we've had so many, we bought, I mean, I bought 50, let's see, last week I think we took in like 70-something firearms um, last week into our inventory. Right. So we're still getting, you know, even though we're, it's hunting season and we're selling hunting guns and everything, we're still taking in so many guns right now. It's unbelievable all the collections that um, we're picking up on. Uh, a lot of good gun collections showing up, and, and of course, a lot of, you know, a lot of people are just selling guns too. Yeah. Know? So, so our inventory's still way up there. What about the black rifles? Have you been seeing a little dent in that inventory? Yeah, yeah. We're not getting as many of those in as we were, and they've been selling. Had a little boost on those. The ARs have been selling a little better, and AKs. You're welcome. They've been moving out a little bit. Yep. You're, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. You have you got the three hundred forty nine dollar one back yet? Nope. nope. Don't have a three hundred forty nine dollar <laughs> one. We've got we got people standing in line for those. <laughs> now that's, got, a, that's that's a pretty decent little rifle, right? I mean. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're good. There. I mean, you know, if you build an AR fifteen the way it was originally designed. It's going to be a pretty good rifle. Well, the thing about it is you can – so an AR-15, if you buy a fully complete AR-15 and one day you want to do something a little upgraded, you can just buy the upper and just throw it on your lower, and it's going to run. That's right. You can you can change calibers. It's a Lego barrels, system. Different, you yeah. can do all kinds of different stuff yeah. with them. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a Lego system. So uh, That is true, yep. And they, they still got a good many over at Traders also. They got a lot of – a lot of AR still left over there, and they're in the same situation as us. They're buying lots of guns off the street. Collections are coming in. They're, they're loaded down with deer rifles and shotguns over there also. Somebody's asking for a 223 Winchester sh- Super Short Magnum. Ammunition. Is it? 
Ammunition, I guess, yeah. I think I think we do have some of that. I'm, I, I can't say for sure. That's an oddball. But I would yeah. have to go check. I would have to check that supply because we never get more than four or five boxes at a time of that ever shot. Right. Bolt action rifle. Bolt action rifle. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen an AR in that. That don't mean they don't do it, but I've never seen one. That sounds Browning, like that. Browning and Winchester made a two two three super short. Yeah, I, I think we should. You should make an AR that shoots that. Winchester super short magnum AR fifteen by Dewey's. Yeah, they do. There was a, there was a guy who used to do them in three hundred short mag. <laughs> That's a pretty hot AR. What about what about uh, self defense shotguns? Are they are they moving as fast as fast as the ARs? I know a lot of people want to go. To they the shotgun. they picked up a little bit last week, um, but no, they're not still. They're not normally when they have a we have a run on those we run out of them. So, yeah, but we we still got plenty of the little short barrel home defense. You know, you had a you had a Moss, a really nice Mossberg five hundred nine the other day. Somebody's asking, do you have an HK four sixteen? I. Do I think we still have an HK416? We had four come in a couple weeks ago, and I think we still got one. Yep. Probably the best price in town on that, by the way, whoever yep. you are, texter, because Dewey is uh, one of the reasons Dewey has such a. I, I mean, if you go into Dewey's shop and you see something you want, you better just buy it. Because if you say to yourself, well, I'm going to go home and think on it, but I'm probably going to come back and buy it, chances are it's going to be gone. Yep. We move them fast. Yeah. We got we to gotta keep them rolling. So that, that's that's the, the the whole thing about Dewey's, and it's the whole thing about the other stuff. Plus, if you if you go into Dewey's or Traders, I guess as well, if you go into Dewey's and say, "I heard about it on the radio," they're going to do something nice for you. What that is, I have no idea, and I think you sort of make that up as you go. But you do something nice for them, don't you? Yes, sir. We do. We take care of them. <laughs> we 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 love your radio customers. I'm being asked about what is the opinion of the Galil 7.62 by 39. Uh, I don't know if there is a problem with that cartridge on that gun. I know those guns are awesome guns. Yeah. Um, I've had customers who have shot those things like crazy. I can't imagine um, but, they would let that out with that name brand. But in the 762 by 39 caliber, I, I don't know if there's a problem, and I'm not familiar with that one. I know most all the ones I've ever seen were in 223. I'm being asked how much is the HK416. Call Dewey's for pricing, I, unless you have it memorized. You know the uh, price no, of it. No, I don't, I don't know what Do you have mean. a 243 youth rifle? I do, yes. I have a 243 youth rifle out there. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean. Yeah, but call for H, the HK416. Say you just heard Dewey on the radio, and then all the good things that happened because just because you mentioned Dewey on the radio will happen to you. And uh, if you if you want to go and buy it, that is. HK416 is a pretty serious weapon. Uh, do you have any bulk silver for sale? Um, we do have some silver bars. I don't know how much we've got. That's another thing that sells really quick. Yep, so... We and do have some silver. Bars. One of the best selections of holsters I've ever seen in some in a shop this size. It is it is truly a awesome and and glass. Yeah, and glass. I need to call you. I need to find out about some pistol optics. We got them. I heard about you on the radio, so I'm hoping I get the good discount there because I heard That's about you right. on the radio. That's right. <laughs> Dewey's Pawn Shop. It's right there on Augusta Road. Traders is on Wave Hampton Boulevard. If it's not at Dewey's, it's probably at Traders. Uh, the best selection in town. You need to go ahead and show him the the, the awesome awesome part of people that need these black rifles because uh, he's not real you know he's not a real big fan of them. But if he sells them all, he'll become one. Uh, I don't think we have time for this. Uh, what's your opinion of Daniel Defense before you go? Um, very good. Yeah. I haven't had any problems with them. I've shot shot a good many of them, and they've been good, accurate, and very dependable. Yep. Yeah. There you go. 
Thank you for joining me today, sir. As always, I'll be seeing you. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Thank yes. you. Yes, sir. 40 years ago today, the event that spurred me to join the military occurred. That building, what's left of it, is still there as a memorial. We should be thinking about it today. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. This was a uh, this was a seminal event in my life, and and a few lives, I believe. Six twenty-two a.m. in Beirut, in Lebanon. A bunch of U- U.S. Marine peacekeepers. They were sitting there. It was not yet time for Reveille. Reveille was eight minutes away. Lance Corporal Eddie DeFranco was on guard duty. He had a weapon with no ammunition in Beirut, in Lebanon. A yellow Mercedes truck loaded with 12,000 pounds of explosives went into the compound and headed towards the main building. DeFranco said I knew exactly what was going on because the guy looked at me and smiled. That set off the largest non-nuclear explosion on Earth since the Second World War at that particular time. Four-story uh, four concrete building imploded, and Marines were crushed like paper dolls, and it set off a brown mushroom cloud over the Lebanese capital. 241 Marines, most of them asleep because Reveille was eight minutes away, were killed. That was the largest single loss of life in a single incident since Iwo Jima. Fred Hoff, a former U.S. Army attache in Beirut, who investigated the bombing as part of the Long Commission, reflected that the Marine bombing was the Pearl Harbor of the Middle East. That was one of three suicide bombings against the military and two U.S. embassies in Beirut over 16 months, marked as the turning point for American engagement in the region. And four months later, they abruptly withdrew from Beirut. And the collapse of that mission still resonates today, uh, because U.S. Special Forces soldiers are pulling out of Syria right now. Once again, the United States is hastily retreating, abandoning a mission, and stranding allies, creating a vacuum for adversaries who will quickly fill it. And this will enable the Islamic extremists. This will actually make them, it will embolden them. Weakens our credibility, credibility globally and leaves the Middle East, the world's most volatile corner, even more unstable. The, uh, the exact count was 220 Marines, 18 sailors, three soldiers died in the explosion of the barracks. 58 French troops and six civilians were also killed. Brought to you by Hezbollah. By the way, after the bombing, Ronald Reagan pulled our troops out of Lebanon. And th- what's different is that nowadays our nation's enemies are in Congress. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, who cannot control herself at all when she's speaking in public, and Sharida, Rashida Tlaib. 
I did not serve in the Marine Corps. I know I have a uh, I have quite a few friends who are from the Marine Corps. A very, very proud organization of very, very tough individuals. All of them proud to have been Marines. And this wasteful expense of uh, why did we have guards I, to this day I do not understand being on guard duty without ammunition what is that at the time they called this the Hezbollah was going by Islamic Jihad and uh, they took responsibility for the bombing although many US officials believe Iran was behind that and uh, so that you know this has been going on for it's been going on since Carter's time Iran being behind all this stuff so, do we have the intestinal fortitude to deal with this kind of thing? We got time for this? Who is, who is this? Bill from Malden. Bill from Malden. What can I do for you, sir? Hello. How are you? I've been uh, listening to your discussion with Dewey's Pawn Shop. And yes, sir. Your closing remark of remembering what has happened to us in the past is really significant. And I want to remind everybody here in the Granville Spartanburg area to remember who Major Rudolph Anderson was. And I asked people, now I come from the Northeast, I've been down here for almost 30 years, and almost unanimously when I ask somebody who they know who Rudolph Anderson was, they have no idea. And a lot of people that you ask, you you understand what the Cuban Missile Crisis was, and they have no idea. Right. And do they even, do they even understand that there was one fatality which we were approaching World War III back in 1962, and the singular fatality was our Greenville native, Rudolph Anderson. And people need to remember that. And it's right here, right home. Go downtown to the park and look at the memorial, the F-86 fighter plane that one like he flew in training and, and his missions in or uh, involving Korea, the Korean conflict. And people need not forget that because the axis of evil is much worse than it was during World War II. Oh, yeah. And it, people need to, need to wake up to that and pay attention to it. Well, I mean— I'm a, Vietnam, yeah. I'm, I'm a Vietnam veteran. I, I survived uh, the Tet Offensive and the, and you the should, uh, combat infantry. Bill, you should come to Upstate Warrior Solutions tomorrow and let me, put you, let me feed you. Because I'm going to be there. Did you say— did you say food? Food. Food, Bill. Food. Chow. <laughs> you need to come there. I'm, Upstate Warrior Solutions, doing the remote there tomorrow. You should come there. If you're if you're a veteran, I'd love to have you there. Come up, tell me you were the one that called, and uh, I'll be there uh, um, thanking everybody okay. for showing up and everything, but it's uh, on uh, it's on Pelham Road. Upstate Warrior Solutions on Pelham Road. Yes, sir. Uh, I'll be there doing the radio show from 10 to 12, which you're welcome to come and watch that. It's such so gripping to watch a radio show. There's nothing like it. But uh, okay. Chow is at noon. Okay, so Upstate Warriors Solution on Pelham Road? Yes, sir. Okay. Come join me. Be there. Okay. Yes, sir. Roger, Roger, Bill out. Roger that. <laughs> yep. This, the, the Upstate region is full of veterans. This, is the, 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 this corridor, the Southeast Corridor, has more ex-military people than any other region of its type per square mile. This is why in the event that we hit one of these SHTFWROL or whatever scenarios, guess who wins on that one? Me and the veterans win on that one. I might take Maestro with me because he knows how to do some of the electronic stuff. 
The Biden economy is great everywhere, unless you really look at it. Yeah. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. You can tell you exist in a time of uh, of inflation when you look at the beer case and it's completely full, but the, the ready whip cans are laying on the ground because all of the whippets have been blown out of them by the people that are just inhaling those instead. That's a horrible thing. The GS Plumbing Talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Um, I saw this headline that Biden's economy is great everywhere except in the polls. <laughs> and uh, so we get this uh, we get this uh, Yahoo named Matthew Iglesias. He treats readers to 800 words of Biden slobbery. I, I I never understand, especially on the left. The left is always in on these personalities. They always think that they are they canonize them and everything. Politicians are a dime a dozen. A dime a dozen. One of the reasons I don't become one is I don't want to be one. Um, right now, if you look at the swing state voters, they prefer Donald Trump's economy to Joe Biden's economy. But Iglesias got out there and said, as the U.S. economy continues to improve, President Joe Biden continues to not get credit for it. So let me tell you this, Democrats, the reason if there's any improvement happening right now, that's because capitalism is so resilient. Capitalism, to paraphrase Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, capitalism finds a way. Anywhere, everywhere, it doesn't matter, everywhere. Now, right now, you see the car the car companies are trying to do that because they're trying to segue to what they think is going to become the regulated car that we get to choose from, which are electric cars. However, the market's not going to let that happen. Very shortly, they're going to pay attention to the market because at the end of the day, they're capitalists. So they're going to have a gazillion six Ford F-150 Lightning sitting there or their chassis where they burn to the ground for just sitting there. And then they're going to get out of that business altogether and they're just going to write it off. We see in, in, in gun control, whenever they get out there and pass a, quote, assault weapons ban, the, the gun companies that are in those states or that operate in those states, they make one that is compliant with the regulations they set forth. Capitalism finds a way. And capitalism is so resilient, it can survive Joe Biden to a certain degree. Now, Iglesias gets out there and compares Biden to other leaders in the free world. And he said, the trend is clear. Incumbents of all ideological flavors are losing everywhere and almost universally unpopular. But that would only work if Japan were no different than Germany and Germany was no different than the United States. And when do we start looking at approval ratings as a barometer for the value of a buck? And that's why Iglesias doesn't actually dwell on that, because the more he wrote it, he should have erased it. But he didn't erase it. He left it up there. But the problem is that when it comes to Biden's approval ratings, uh, all the arguments are losing ones. So they resort to doing what they always do, and they tell you not to believe your lying eyes. 
Inflation situation has greatly improved. Americans' inflation-adjusted net worth surged between 2019 and 2022. And real incomes are up as well. And the real problem is that we have these incredulous voters whose memories serve them better than the commander-in-chiefs, which that's not a whole lot. Yeah, that's, that's not a very good bar to, to judge yourself by your memory by Joe Biden's. If you could only just forgive and forget. Reality, though, is a harsh mistress. Reality is a slapping, slapping entity. It will slap you awake. Like, you know, speaking of slapping, some of you are probably slapping duct tape on your bumpers because you can't afford to get it fixed, can't afford to trade it. Even a modest upgrade is not really feasible right now. Or what about the moms that are clipping coupons? It used to be they would be looking for a coupon for detergent. Now they're taking in a bag full of coupons just to be able to buy the groceries. Right now, uh, I bought my Ford F-150 for two reasons. For spite and because I didn't want to fly anymore, which is really good because I couldn't afford to fly now if I had to. But then... I go to the pump, and I can't really find a road trip. I can find one road trip-friendly price down the street for me, and the further away I get from it, it just keeps going up, up, up. So no matter what you see the media and the economic media experts tell you, we all know that uh, we're worse off than we were. And, you know, the morning consult Bloomberg poll that Iglesias cites, where roughly three and four swing state voters said the country's economy is headed down the wrong track, and they're more likely than not to say their personal financial situation was better off under Trump than it is under Biden. Well, that's probably true. So Iglesias looks at this, and here's his logic. <laughs> so you guys prefer Trump over Biden. Is that right? So the best bet for Biden to win again is if Trump is the nominee. Obviously, he thinks that you guys take the square blocks and try to jam them into the star-shaped hole. Maybe with a ball-peen hammer. It still doesn't work. As usual, this has been a slice for me, and I'm gonna, yeah, I, I liked it so much, I'm going to come back in 22 hours and do it all over again. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs>